This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Hi, everyone. Well done on downloading Ian Lee's um, thing. It's me, Kelly Betts. I'm doing it this week because Ian is lazy. He just he couldn't be bothered. Here's proof of his laziness. I should let you know that uh, every week we have a brand new podcast of the show. The best bits of the show. It lasts for about uh, an hour and uh, they stay up online for about 30 days. Um, last week's was a humdinger. Probably the best one we've ever done. This, one, this week's, ah, you know, OK. The thing is, I'm supposed to record um, all the links today or tomorrow for it. They're kind of just saying, well, coming up, um, we, here's uh, Lynn talking about something and then... This is Stephen and Dave, they're having an argument about bats and here's a wind turbine man having an argument about a wind turbine. I, I can't be bothered to do it this week. I've actually got to shoot off straight after the show today, so I can't do it. So um, I'll get someone else to do it for me. Kelly, could you do it for me? Yeah, right. Uh, can I do I'll do it in your voice. Yes, yeah, yeah, so please. Like, Hi, it's uh, Ian and uh, <laughs> it's my podcast. How rude. Why has everyone been so rude today? I don't sound like that in the slightest. I've got a good voice. So this week I am hosting it. Here's a bit from Ian's show at some point this week. We had uh, we, we sent Kelly Betts around um, the Three Counties offices with uh, um, uh, uh, a tape recorder, not a tape recorder, a microphone, mm. to record some people singing some bits and pieces. Do you want to have a listen? Oh dear, yes I Here do. Here we go. Have a listen to this. Love no longer has a hold on me. I am stronger, so much more emotionally. Love no longer has a hold on me. I am free to be me. <laughs> How on earth did you get that? There's more, there's more, stay there. It's where the destiny that's gonna be. <laughs> that was a, that was a bit naughty. That was um, oh. that was Justin Dealey. Can I just say, I'm going to stop you there right now. Okay, I'm going to stop you there now. Who recorded that again? Did you say was was that Kelly Betts? Yeah, Kelly, come on. He wants to talk okay. to you. Yes, yeah. Uh, because I'm I'm led to believe. I did and not record that. You sure? One hundred percent. Because technically, it's actually illegal to record somebody without their knowledge. Goodbye, Kelly Betts. <laughs> I didn't record it. Nice, nice note. It wasn't me nice who recorded it. At the BBC. Bye. Well, that took a, a dark tone, didn't it? What, what should have been a harmless prank has involved in someone, uh, a member of my team, uh, uh, launching a lawsuit against another member of my team. <laughs> oh, it was good. It was Justin Dealey singing uh, during the recording of. His... Shall we? Shall we have another listen? <laughs> Love no longer has a hold on me. I am stronger. It's all so one note. Love no longer has a hold on me. Love no longer has a hold on me. Love no longer has a hold on me. He's taken all the passion and excitement out of that song. It, it, it renders it into a Stephen Hawking interpretation. It's where the destiny It's a Dalek! It's gonna be It's a Dalek! It's a Dalek! Oh, 
It's the funniest thing I've heard. Don't worry, we'll play it again before night. Just to say, it was not me who recorded that. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With us now is former prisoner, now active campaigner for prisoner rights, John Hurst. Morning, John. Good morning. John, why were you sent to prison and for how long? I was sent uh, to prison on the last one for manslaughter, and I got a life sentence um, with a tariff of 15, but I actually served 25. So, you know, um, this is what's happening. You're getting people who are getting longer and longer sentences, um, and they're staying in prison longer, and you're ending up with um, uh, thousands of old-age pensioners or infirm people in there, you know, uh, and uh, they don't really cater for them at all. What help do old prisoners need that they're not getting? Well, you know, I've seen people in there who are blind. Well, I'm blind myself now, you know, and I've seen people in there um, on crutches and in wheelchairs, um, you know... uh, But you're not suggesting we should let them out, though, are you? Well, you know, you're getting people like Ronnie Biggs, you know. I mean, why why keep him in... You know, he's practically on his deathbed, you know. He's He's been on his deathbed for a couple of years now, hasn't he? Yeah. Must be bad. You know... uh, you can't keep an old lag down, but I mean, the whole point about this is um, you've got the National Health Service within the, the prisons now, you know, and they uh, cater for uh, older people outside, so I don't see why they can't cater for them inside. Uh, you know, you're getting um, a lot of people in there, you've got something like 30% going into prison from the care system, mm. you know, so even before you start, these people have had their problems, and then as you get older, they're going to have those same kind of problems again, and uh, the the system has been relying upon the uh, generosity of other prisoners to look after uh, their own kinds, you know, uh, those who are infirm. And it shouldn't be down to the prisoners, it should be down to the system to care. So you'd like to see more medical care for elderly and infirm prisoners within the prison system? Either that or take them out of the prison system and put them in somewhere else. You know, Where? they can have, like, secure care homes. No, you know? John! Yeah, secure care on. homes? Yes. No. Because yeah. they've, they've committed a crime. They've done something naughty. They should be in prison. They are in prison. Well, then, good. You can put them in a secure care home, living a life of luxury. Living a life of luxury in prison? Have you been in? No, care homes I'm talking <laughs> about, you silly sausage. No, you're joking. Well, a care home is much more uh, uh, um, luxurious than a prison. Well, I don't know. I mean, from what I've been hearing from some of the care homes, like some of them are even worse than prisons. Don't be silly. No, care homes aren't worse than prisons. I've seen care homes. They're, they're, they're pretty decent places. You couldn't put. The, you couldn't have a care home for prisoners. There are there are people. Not. Well, because there are people uh, who uh, have not committed crimes who are desperate for for good care home places, and and, and they're being denied them already. So we're not going to give them to prisoners, are we? It's silly. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, they're human beings. You have to treat them with dignity. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. Well, you're not doing that if you're leaving them locked up, you know, with... uh, We're not going to let them out. We're not going to let a murderer out just because they're 70 and they, they need a wheelchair. Why not? Because they're a murderer. <laughs> They've committed a murder. Christ, I mean, some of them, you know, have uh, uh, been in there so long now, you know, the, the whole thing is... Uh, you, you're like flogging a dead horse. Well, they've know? obviously committed very naughty crimes, then, if they're in there for so long. That's, that's, you no, know. Not necessarily, you know. I mean, the parole board um, goes on the basis of what they perceive to be a risk. 
to public, but they, Good. They're, they're not they're actually dealing with the risk to the public. Now, this is the problem. What they're doing is they're thinking of crimes that the person might commit in the future, and yes. this is only in the pro board members' heads, and they're keeping them in prison as a result of that. Good. You, you know, that's thought crime. What thought crime? No, it's not thought crime. If, if, if they, it is. The parole board assesses to, to, to discover whether these people still uh, possess a potential threat to the public. If they decide they do, then they keep them in prison. Good. Yeah, that's what I'm Good. saying. How they assess them... It, it, what they're doing is, like I say, they're thinking of these crimes themselves, and they're in their own heads. And you, you, you can't start keeping people in prison because of something in the problem. Well, they're, they're in prison initially because they have done something very bad, aren't they? Yeah, but at the same time, you've got to start releasing them out. I mean, you go somewhere like Sweden, for example, uh, a long sentence there is two years, whereas it's uh, double that here. You know, and they have been giving people automatic life sentences for piddling little crimes, you know, like stealing milk off doorsteps, you know. Who's, who's been given a life sentence for stealing milk off of a doorstep, John? Well, they have with, with those automatic life sentences. Once you've got the three crimes, they gave you an automatic so, life so, sentence. So, so give, give me an example of someone who's, who's got a life sentence for stealing milk off of a doorstep. No, they've... St- they've well, you made, can't, because it's not happened, has no, it? No, but I'm saying crimes well, like that, they've done little crimes... And they've ended up being in jail with an automatic life sentence. Okay. You know, and this the sentence tariff is so short that the parole board is so overloaded with cases they can't get round to them. So you get someone who goes in who might have a three-year tariff, and he's, he's probably in six years waiting for the parole board to get round to looking at his case for release. There is there is one way around that, I suppose. Is don't commit the crimes. Exactly. Yeah, I thought you was going to say exactly. That. Yeah, but you, you want to tell those MPs who are fiddling their expenses that. Well, they've not murdered anybody. They've not. They've not. Sure, I don't know so much. Well, John, when you had the Belgrano incident, John, you? and then you had the John, uh, Rock of Gibraltar ones. John, so, you know, yeah, well, these were done by MPs. John. Come on now. They've not gone around and robbed some old lady, and they've not gone around and they've not gone and stabbed Listen, someone in they, the back. They rob old people all the oh, time. Yes. They do with the uh, filling next. It's like arguing with a sixth former. Come on now. You can do better than this, John. I know you're a very intelligent gentleman. We've yes, spoken well, before. That's, we've... Why that's why I'm dealing with you in this manner. <laughs> okay. But you're, you're seriously suggesting that a 70 year old man, if they, they've got a bit of a limp or they've got one eye that's a bit gammy, then <laughs> no. even, if they've, even if they've committed a murder, they should be released. No, no. There's, there's people in there who are really so infirm, you know, I mean, it's like um, they're in, like, wheelchairs and you've got the drip there and, you know, and they can't go anywhere, you know, they can't run, you know, there's no risk to the public and yet they're still keeping them inside and that's what I'm saying is wrong. I mean, it's clogging up a system. You, c- you could safely let out something like um, 60,000 prisoners. 60,000 yeah. prisoners? Well, you want released? Oh, John. But they don't all need to be there. That's what I'm saying. Well, they, they do need to be there because they've committed crimes and they are being re- yeah. rehabilitated and punished. No, the system, the more people you've got in, the less law and order you've got. It's as simple as that. It's the less people you've got in prison, then your system is working. You know, you need the crime prevention and, and they're not doing it. I mean, it's only recently you've got the Greater Manchester Police saying, um, oh, we don't investigate 50% of the crimes. Then the next thing they said was, oh, crime figures are down by 50%. Well, I'm not surprised if they're not investigating them. You know, and they've cut the crime by 50%. They're just not investigating them. Ian's been really lazy this week. Dave called in, then Stephen called in. Ian Lee just sat back on his chair like this and just left them to it. Dave, say hello to Stephen in Bedford. Hi, Stephen. Morning, Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm not... It's raining, mate, so I'm a bit out no, of the I'm... garden. I'm getting a little bit wet, but never mind. 
Stephen, do you like do you like well. do you like wind turbines, Stephen? I think they look lovely. And that argument the bloke was saying about the bats, but the bats fly their like eyes closed. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? But they can see things when they're flying. That's a lot of rubbish. Their hearing is so brilliant, bats. They can hear that, even if it's not making a noise, and they'll fly away from it. it well, all this about wildlife out in fields is a load of rubbish. I agree, I agree with you. We I need the mayor to keep us, keep us going. Well, I went up the. I don't know where it is. I went up the motorway, and I could see them out in this field, about nine, ten of them, and it looked a picture. I looked at other camera, but. There you are. But the wind turbines are absolutely brilliant. And this man, um, campaigner against it, he's all right to switch his electric on. But where's he and getting what, from? What would you prefer? Well, a load of wind turbines or a nuclear power station? It's so oh, simple, isn't it, really? Well, you've, answered, you've answered the questions of the wind exactly. turbines, isn't it? Straight yeah, away. It is indeed. Where's Ian gone? Is he gone? Is he? Uh, he, uh, he's gone for a cup of tea. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just Playing that straight game on his phone, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, Justin's made it for him, you know what I mean? Or Kelly, you know. But, uh, Mr. Lee, can we say, we've got to talk about mobiles now. That's it. Tell Mr. Lee we want half his wages, we're doing his job for him. Well, yeah, I want his full wages, 500 a week, you know what I mean, Steve? No, not take your payload, please. Yeah, nice to meet you, Steve, over the phone, you know what I mean? Nice nice to meet you. Get out of the rain, then. But, but uh, Steve, but mobiles. Yes. I hate people walking across the road without looking on their mobiles. And when you bib, they look at you with daggers. I, I, have, I have people walking into me while they're texting. That's because I, I don't let me stand in their way. Yeah. If somebody no. walking up the, up the road texting, I just stand there and let them bump into me. Yeah, that, I, I'm going to do that as well. Yeah, but that's the idea. Mr. Lee's only got a Nokia, isn't he? The small nothing one. Wrong. Nothing wrong with Nokia. No, I'm talking on I'm talking on a Nokia at the brick. So Mr. Lee Oh, he's gone for he's gonna yeah. meet Justin's in the studio, one minute, Justin's coming back. But did you notice Steve this morning? That is what um Dennis from Dunstall swore and he wasn't barred. Patricia is uh, on the line. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. Patricia, you, you've had experience of uh, someone uh, being in a care home, haven't you? What happened? Uh, yes, we did. It was my late elderly aunt. Uh, basically, uh, she was in an independent home to begin with, and then a larger organisation uh, bought them out. Uh, and to begin with, it was absolutely fine. And then we were rather concerned. I mean, although she was 100, she was totally... Um, and she used to complain to us that she was being a little bit manhandled. Mm. And we did make, we did sort of inquire about it, and we were told her, well, you know, she's a hundred, her skin is very frail, etc., etc., bruises easily. Um, and then one day we had a call from the home saying, could you come in, please? And we went in, and basically a carer had been caught by two other carers punching my arm forcibly in the stomach, in the ribs. And these two other carers actually had to pull the lady off. A woman was punching your 100-year-old aunt in the ribs and the stomach? Yes, and we were her next of kin, you see. So basically we um, called the police in. 
because we thought it's a foregone conclusion that, you know, we, we, were, we were adamant that we were going to take her uh, to, them to task about it. Um, the police came, they interviewed my aunt, they interviewed us. The police photographer came because she was bruised. Uh, the lady in question was put on, uh, she was um, let, she was put on, oh, what's the word? Um, she wasn't allowed to work for a month. She okay, was, she was suspended. You know, suspended, that's yeah. the word I'm thinking of. Um, so we thought, right, that's it. So the CPS then took all the details. They then decided that because of her age and um, because she wouldn't be ele- at that age and her frailty, uh, she wouldn't, it wouldn't be good for her to go to court, etc., or go through the trauma of it all. They then said we, that they decided they would drop the case. We found out a few weeks later that the carer had actually been reinstated by the home, but was working on a different floor. So my husband and I were absolutely infuriated by it. So we took the council to task, etc. And after a battle, we actually got her sacked. But what I was going to say was that that gentleman, the manager, I think he should be congratulated because although he felt guilty that it took him time to prove the case, at least he was aware that he, he knew something was going on. And, I mean, whereas this other company, they just tried to brush everything under the carpet. And even when they had the evidence, um, they still really didn't want to know. And fortunately, this company have now gone into liquidation. Well, good I mean, it was probably the biggest one in the good UK. Good for them. Well, let's not, let's not have any more clues, but good for them. The, the, yeah. what, I tell you what, what, surprised, what surprised me about what you've told me is that there was a yeah. carer who thought it was appropriate to punch... Did she give any reason that, why she was punching yes, a 100-year-old yes, woman? Sir. Yes, I forgot that, sorry. Uh, basically, my aunt had been using her buzzer because she needed to use the loo. Yeah. And by the time the carer got to her, unfortunately, my aunt had wet herself, yeah. and so she'd made a mess. And she was so angry with her. She punched she her. She punched her. Um, yeah. But not, not just once. Not just once. Not that that would have been acceptable. She bruised her ribs. She bruised oh. her stomach. Um, she was in a dreadful state. And obviously, mentally... Um, at that age, she was in a dreadful state. Oh, Patricia, what a horrible story. And, uh, uh, it was awful. Yeah. Was that bit awful. surprised me. The, the care home trying to brush it up under the carpet, that, that doesn't surprise, that doesn't surprise me too though, much. No, even though they had two other carers there mm. that actually witnessed it and gave witnesses oh. and gave statements to police, but still... Carol, I, uh, listen, uh, but Patricia, sorry, I, I appreciate you, uh, you calling in with that horrific story. <laughs> We're talking about uh, erotic parts of the body because feet are the least sexy part of the body, according to a new survey. They were the lowest ranked of all 41 body parts in terms of sexual attractiveness. They, they ranked worse than kneecaps. How could anybody find kneecaps? Erotic. Well, every part of our reporter, Justin Daly, is attractive. He joins me now. Good morning, Justin. You don't like a kneecap? <laughs> I don't. Why not? Why don't you like a kneecap? Oh, They're lovely. No, a kneecap is the, the back of the knees. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. Very, very the, sensual. The, part the, of bearing in mind, we have, we have we have young ears listening, mm. Justin. So let's yeah. keep this clean. But let's have uh, let's have your top. Mm. Your top two body parts. Uh, top two body parts would be the uh, the back of the knees. Actually, that's one. And the second one would be the neck. Very, very uh, sensual parts of the body. I like the top of the back. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why that's funny. Hairy or not? 
Sorry? A bit of hair there? I, shut up. I like, although my, my back is getting very hairy. Oh, lovely. Very hairy. When your barber, when your hairdresser says, do you want me to shave uh, the, the, the top of your back? You know you're in trouble. <laughs> I, like a, I like a nice back. Yeah. I also, I also like a slightly wonky eye. Really? Yeah, I do. I, fi- I do. You find that quite endearing, do you? I find a slightly wonky eye yeah. or a big Barbara Streisand nose. Fantastic. Not both. That's too much. Yeah, that, yeah. that really, you know. Just one. Just one of those things I think is absolutely wonderful. What an insight into your life this morning. I'm you've, slightly scared now. You've been out talking to uh, people this morning, Justin. What have they had to say? Yeah, I've been off for a week and I've come back and you've said, Justin, go out in the pouring rain and ask people what their favourite body part is. But, uh, Ian, I've done it for you. We've got some uh, interesting answers, especially Philip at the end, who just can't control himself. Oh. Take a quick listen to this. Oh, dear. Oh. Legs, I think. Why the legs? Uh, my eyes have always drawn to them, to be honest. Yeah. What, long legs, short legs? Uh, nice muscular legs. Tanned legs, tone legs. Muscular tan legs on yeah, a lady. So yeah. You're into bodybuilders then? Well, I used to be. I do a lot of working out myself. Amy, good morning. What's your favourite body part, Amy? Bum. This could get quite rude. Why the bum? I've always been a bum person. The eyes. The eyes? The eyes, yeah. You're a clean lady, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Sir, do you like men? Do you like women? Or maybe a bit of both. What's your favourite body part? the breasts. I think we can just about get away with that one. Um, feet have been named as, as a major turn-off. W- would you go along with that? Yes, I would. What's wrong with feet? They're smelly. <laughs> Sylvia, how are you today? Good weekend? Hello. Yes, thanks. Lovely stuff. Sylvia, this is a genuine question, OK? Ian Lee wants to know this morning, what's your favourite body part? My what? Your favourite body part. On a man, maybe. On a man? Do you like men? Well, yeah. Okay. I'm not... Uh... <laughs> what, what's your favourite body part on a man? Um... I presume the legs. The legs? Yeah. What about my chest, though? Look at that. <laughs> and uh, feet have been named as a major turn-off. What is it about feet that you don't like, Sylvia? I don't like feet at all. Well, why I not? I think they're ugly. Can I show you my feet? <laughs> no. Oh, please. No. Because my mine are quite attractive, actually. I've got to run because I'm late for work. OK, listen, have a great day. Thank all you. All right, thank you. Bye. Philip, what's your favourite body part on a lady? Uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay, thank you. There we go. You see, wow. I think I think we may have just nudged up to the line mm. and maybe put our noses over it. Ever so, feet are that th- they are pretty. I, I I don't. If a lady's got nice feet, then yeah, I'm, I'm quite drawn to them. But um, yeah. th- they're not the, the sexiest part of the body at all, are they? No, you way. see, my feet are actually quite attractive because they've got character. Mm. Uh, they're slightly <laughs> different because uh, my second toe is actually longer uh-huh. than my big toe. That means you... Uh, that's, that's quite unusual. That's, well, my mum's got that. Has she? Yeah, it means you're uh, Neanderthal. Oh. Yeah, it's not a good thing. Oh, right. You're listening to Ian Lee's podcast. Well done on getting this far with it. I know, it's quite boring. Maybe, like, you know, when you get to 100, the Queen gives you an award. Maybe she could send you one for getting this far with the podcast. Here's a guy called Brian talking about cats. Brian in High Wycombe has called in about cats. Morning, Brian. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Why do people hate cats? Well, it's not cats that I hate. It's there's too many of them, and their owners just let them roam. Now, my next-door neighbour's got a cat. Yes. But that's been trained to stay in its own garden. It looks at me over the fence. Very nice. But um, other people's cats, there's one walking down the road at the moment. Shoot <laughs> it. And... Um, Yes, they just let them roam all over the place. How do you? Do, how does your? How did your neighbour train a cat to stay in its own garden? That is a mystery to me. Yes, because <laughs> I've got a cat, and my cat roams everywhere. And good luck to her. They say cats are territorial, and 
they each have their own territory, so perhaps other cats have sort of staked their own claim on my garden. But why do you hate cats coming into your garden? If my, if my little velvet <laughs> clambered into your garden, it, it would be a wonderful sight to behold. Two reasons. Go on. Uh, as has been said, they do tend to bury it. And, well, one yeah. has taken to do it in the window trough. Oh. In front of the house. Oh, no, you don't want to look out of your window to look at your... Uh... It actually pulls the, your, the Pedagonians out. It pulls the Pedagonians out? Yeah. And d- does poops? Because it's nice soil, isn't it? Yeah, good soil. It tends to be dry on that trough because it's uh, slightly sheltered, so it's dry earth. But, 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 but the, I don't know if you've ever seen a litter tray, Brian. I wouldn't want to do a poo in a litter tray. I'm sure you wouldn't either. <laughs> I'd much rather go in some nice soil. Yes, yeah, so as I say, I'm nothing against the cats, uh, they look at me and they run out of the garden because I chase them off. Oh, I see. I was going to say, it's not, it's not a look. Do you, I do you... don't harm them, no. but uh, I just let them know they're not wanted. But, well, I think uh, that's fair enough. That's, that's acceptable, chasing a cat off your garden. But what's your message to people like me and other cat owners who allow our cats to roam? Well, keep them in at night, really. My poor Velvet likes to go out at night, Brian. Oh, dear. She likes to yeah. go out and go mousing and yeah, Just do... a quote one, you know, I won't keep you talking too long, but uh, I saw a cat chase a woodcock. and Sorry? It got... A, it was a woodcock, a bird in the garden. Oh, thank goodness, yes. And it actually... So it was a sculpture. ...managed to get under the netting of my fruit cage, but it didn't go far enough. It had been clawed. Yes. And was in distress, so I took it to the vet. The, the woodcock? The woodcock. I yes. Took, I put it in a cardboard box into a straw and put it. Took it to the vet. Yes. What did the vet, the vet do? The RSPCA will pay for this. So, oh. Um, that I would have paid, but uh, they phoned me back the vet later and said, "Oh, I thought you'd like to know. We gave it <laughs> antibiotics." And it's now flown happily away. Well, there you go, you see, Brian. It's ended with a happy story. Brian's uh, woodcock there was given antibiotics and it lived happily ever after. Uh, If we did an album of the week, which we don't because it's a rubbish idea, but if we did the album of the week this week, Kelly, would be Meet Glen Campbell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have... I dug this out. I have not stopped playing it in my... It's not even a very long album. It's about 35 minutes long. I have not stopped playing Meet Glen Campbell in my car. Just on a loop... What is it, like, his greatest hits or something? No, that would be Glen Campbell's greatest hits. This is so, called Meet Glen Campbell. So what is it, his first few hits? No, that would be called Glen Campbell's first few hits, or Glen Campbell, indeed, the early years. This is Meet Glen Campbell. So what, what is it? It's his songs about meat. It's not. <laughs> it's uh, from about ten years ago. No, it's not. It's from about six years ago. And it's uh, an album of cover versions that he recorded. It's desi- it was designed to introduce him to a younger, hipper audience. That's why he's covered Travis. Are you young and hip? Yes, very, very much so, indeed. Now, uh, what I want you to do, there are ten tracks on here. Mm-hmm. Every one of them is just perfect. Perfect, OK? Mm-hmm. So I want you to pick a track between one and ten. You don't know what they are. Yeah. We'll play it, and then we'll get your opinion off on the, the back end, I believe they call it. Five. OK, I'm glad you didn't pick eight. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, yes! You picked... This is... OK, right. Hang on a second. Right. What was track eight, by the way? It's called Jesus. Now, track five... <laughs> it's all about Jesus. Track five, this is... OK, have a listen to this. This is going to change your life. Are you ready? Yeah. OK, so introduce it. Uh, this is... Um... Track five from Meet Glen Campbell's album about meat. There you go, you see. It doesn't get 
That was Glenn Campbell. That was These Days from the album Meet Glenn Campbell, uh, as chosen by uh, Kelly Betts. Kelly, what did you think? Yeah, it's right. Um, dull. No. <laughs> Whoa! What? Dull? What is that a cover of, anyway? These Days. Is it the one by Foo Fighters? No. Bon Jovi? No. Uh, Powder Finger? No. Is it the one by Alien Ant Farm? No. Hmm. I don't it, know it. It's uh, by Jackson Brown. I think Nico and the Velvet Underground may have done it. Oh. Yeah. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. We'll pick another one tomorrow. Okay. I'm, that was a lot of fun. Just don't pick track eight. Tra- not track eight. Okay. No, because but, uh, uh, track, eight, track eight starts like this. Oh, hang on a second. Let me... Uh, this, is, this is how track eight starts. And, it, 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 and you know, it's, it's a good song, but... Starts like this. Right. So it's a nice start. Yeah. But then... There we go. Jesus. I just think maybe that's not the... Uh... What's that a cover of? Thank you very much indeed, Kelly Betts. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want. <laughs> if we don't do albums of the week because that's a terribly tired and sad and boring format. But if we did do an album of the week this week, it would be Meet Glenn Campbell, which is a fantastic uh, Glenn Campbell album, obviously, uh, where he uh, kind of tried to make himself a bit hipper about five, six years ago and did a load of cover versions. Uh, and we're, we're playing a fun little game where Kelly Betts, who knows absolutely nothing about music... Hiya. Hello. ..comes in and... Uh, uh, picks a song at random and we chew the fat. That means talk. Okay, that was your. When I'm when I when I leave a gap and I point mm. at you, that's kind of your cue to. I didn't really have anything to say then, though. Okay, now what have you thought of the songs that we've heard so far from Meek Glenn Campbell? <sighs> well, they've been a bit dull. Oh. I haven't massively enjoyed it. Right. I like. I think what he's got that one song, uh, some alignment. Is that him? Yeah. Yes, the Wichita Line Man, but this with this album is all covers. Yeah, that he's destroyed. Okay, well, I think you're you're a tough nut to crack. I think I can sway you today. Okay, pick a number between one and ten. Don't pick eight. And yet we had uh, five, and I think we had uh, three. Three. Um, how about you? We narrow it down, and you give me the numbers that, of the tracks that you think I might like, or covers. That, of songs that I might know. Well, I, I know producer Tara is keen to go for the uh, U2 song. Oh, what song is it? Um, Sadly Beautiful, is that the U2 song? What? Who, what? Why do, All I Want Is You. All I Want Is You, is that it? Yeah, that's, that's um, okay. Or, you like, you, you're young, Green Day. Mm. Oh, yeah, what song? Good Riddance. Really? Yes. What number is that? Nine. Okay. Are you going to ask me? Well, what? What, just tell me what you want. Nine. Is that what you want? Yes. Because you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, well, let's have a listen, and we'll okay. have a little. I'll see you on the other side of this. All right then. That's what they say. Bye. Uh. Oh. Now that you've got to admit is pretty well. I'm not going to influence you, Kelly Betts. That was. Uh, that, let me do it. That was Glen Campbell from the Meet Glen Campbell album, not our album of the week, uh, with the Green Day song. Uh, good riddance brackets, time of your life, close brackets. What he's done yeah. is taken a really nice current song, mm. like, you know, a good few years old now, and made it really, really boring. Wow. What he's actually done wow. is he's played what preset four on a keyboard and just let it on loop, and then he's got like a guitar or whatever over it, and he's just being all old. How old is he? Is he still alive? Was he still alive when he made that? I think I'm going to ask you to leave the studio now. Ox. Goodbye. Okay. Thanks, though, mate. I really have been enjoying this thing that we've been doing.
Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. We need to make libraries sexy for 17 to 29-year-olds. How do we do it? I don't know. Ophelia's in Luton. Good morning, Ophelia. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. We need to make libraries sexy. No, we don't. Sorry? We don't. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean by sexy? We need to make them attractive to young people. Listen, without with no disrespect, you're going to tell me you use your library, but you're also an old woman, aren't you? And now I'm an old woman, very old, but I've always used the library since the age of five. I mean, yeah. I came from a very poor family and there was loads of us. So the library was a place where you went to read and to um, do your homework. Yes. And um, with, um, as I grew up with that, I mean, when I, where I lived in London, it was the same thing. I mean, yeah. on a, we that was that was in the seventies, the sixties. No, I'm talking about as recent as the nineties as well. How old are you, Ophelia? I'm old. Can't say on the phone. Forty three. No, older. Fifty two. Not quite. Forty nine. Oh, stop it! So you're bingo now. Can I get back to the library? Though? Okay, so you're fifty one years old. So you were lo- using libraries I'm in the sixties. The world was a different place in the sixties, no. Ophelia. Can I just say? Can I just say? I was doing my degree... You in, didn't even in, have colour television in the, in the 60s. Can I do, let me just say, the library is a focus point, especially around exam times. It's, a, it's got the right atmosphere... Oh, uh, Ophelia, you're so out of touch. I don't know if you heard... There's these new things. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're called computers, and all the information you can get in the library, you can get on a computer, and the young people are not bothered going to libraries. They're in their bedrooms on their computers. That's not true. That's Ian. true. Ian, you're not going to the libraries enough for yourself, if that's what you're saying. Go on, a, even on a Saturday morning, there's it's even, well, it's mainly the central library. Because the library is so central. I'm really, I didn't even realise Wigmore's closing down, because I've been so busy and mostly going to the central library in luton yes which is a bit annoying but wigmore is my favorite library when i first moved to luton about 12 years ago after getting my um signing uh, the the papers and everything else the day after i moved and got that all done the first place i went to sign up for the yeah library. that was in the olden days ophelia no, i'm um, 2000 that's 13 years ago no but the library is so cool and do you know it's a socialising place? You can meet people there. Oh, I don't want to meet people. You don't? Oh, I don't like meeting people. You get to talk to people oh. that like minded. Oh, there. no. I don't want to talk to I people in the libraries. Young people go there to meet people. No, oh, Ophelia, for goodness sakes. You're living in a, in a Mills and no, Boone novel. I it was as recent as last year. I saw it at Central Library as well. This is Ian Lee's podcast. It's supposed to be the best bits of the week. But here's Colin from Dunstable talking about libraries. Well, I'd like to inform you that. The Dunstable Library is used by lots and lots and lots of people how, of all ages. How, how many people, Colin? Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, oh, oh, okay. Already, I've already I've shot down your first claim, and you say all kinds of ages. What ages? Uh, from adults uh, in their um, middle age, yes. elderly, yes. Uh, right down to school children. Okay, but do you see any 19 to 29 year olds? Uh, yes. Um, mainly to use the Wi Fi facility. The, so they've just gone in there just to log on to the Wi Fi and that's it. So why not? Well, because you could go to Starbucks and use the Wi-Fi. You can go go and stand outside someone's house. They're not really using the library's facilities, are no. they? If they just well, if they yes, just because they they're doing research and things like this, 
O- on their computers. Uh, Colin, what, what, we need... Listen, you, you put up a brave effort, well done, uh, but you have to admit, we need to make libraries sexier, don't we? we? We need to do something to get the young crowd in. No, I don't think... We need the do. pink pound in libraries. Sorry? We need to get more people into libraries. We certainly do, yes. How do we do it, Colin? That's the $64,000 question. How about, listen, someone suggested earlier, we get a nice little coffee shop in the corner. Yeah. Go and have a latte. Go and have a latte and a a nice bit of carrot cake. Uh, That would be nice, yes. Yes, that'd be £2.75, please, sir. (laughs) Ah, funny. Uh, The trouble is, it's got to be at a reasonable um, uh, price. I think a coffee and a carrot cake at £2.75 is very reasonable. I thought I'd underpriced myself. Uh, Yes, yes, that sounds... Reasonable. What was the last book you got out of a library? The last book I had to order um, was um, yep. a book on uh, art forms in nature. Well, it can't have been that good if it took you so long to remember. Art forms in nature? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the... Um, bloke's name. It's a very old book. Must have been a riveting read. No, it was for the pictures. Oh, you just get the books for the pictures. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I cu- mean, they, were ex- they are exceptional. Yes, yes. Well, uh, d- 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 we need to do something to make libraries sexier, Colin, and your project this week is to... It's not the book by Ernst Keichel, is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I've got this. Good, good pictures. Yes. Uh, we need to do... Um, it's, I mean, I, don't, I didn't read it, but, but they are amazing pictures. Yeah, how do you know that book, then? I know, I, I know Ernst Keichel. Uh, My dad used to go to school with him. Anyway, we'll go off on a yeah, tangent. You're uh, loud. Yeah, you, we, listen, your project this week, Colin, uh, and I'll speak to you at the end of the week, is to come up with a way to make a library sexier. Can you do that for me? It depends what you mean by sexier. To get the young people in! The pink pound! Mmm, OK, I'll have a think. I'll speak to you on Friday, Colin. Bye. There we go. You'll be pleased to know that that's not the last you'll hear of Colin in this podcast. There had been incidents at uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. In the car park, uh, there were two... Ma- it's not a particularly big car park. Two huge trucks were parked in there. And uh, we all saw them this morning as we came in. And we are all going, oh, who's, who's parked in there? None of us, none of us, dear listener, had the uh, gojones to go up to them and say, excuse me, would you mind moving? None of us apart from one man. Only one man was brave enough. In times of trouble, we turned to a hero. That hero's name is Jonathan Vernon Smith. <laughs> you went and spoke to them. I had a massive you, row with them. They you, nearly killed me this morning. Did you morning. wake them up? Because they were asleep in there. Were they? Oh, how disgusting. Well, I, as I arrived, they were blocking everybody in. So I went up to, to one of them. Yep. And I said, what are you doing? How am I supposed to get my car in? Anyway, he instantly got very aggressive with me. And he said, we've got permission. I said, who gave you permission to leave your lorries in this car park? He said, the, the hotel. So he pointed at the hotel over the road. So that was it. I stormed over there. Yeah. I spoke to them. They said, we d- they've not even been staying here. Right. They said, it must be the other hotel. So I went in the other hotel. Wow. They said, no, 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 we didn't give them permission. But actually, we'd like to know who they are because they've been blooming <sighs> abusive to our staff all night as well. Oh, dear. So I came back out there, had a go, uh, had a go at them. Then one of them gets out of his lorry, comes to back up his mate. I said, excuse me, there is no need to be so rude. Mm. I'm trying to establish why you're parking our car park. He said, what's the problem? I said, I'll tell you the problem. Nobody can get their cars in or out of our car park. That's the problem. 
at that point, he said, you need to get a life, mate. After he had done something that I can't even describe because people might be having their breakfast. He did something involving his nostrils on the floor. Disgusting. These people were absolute animals. Wretched animals. And there was, there was a great physical aggression as well, wasn't well, there? Well, thankfully, my good colleague Tim, yeah. he came and backed me up. Well, and my colleague Jenna, she came and backed me up as well. She'd be more use, I think, than Tim. That as they drove off, they threw a stone at me. They threw a stone at me. It hit my colleague Jenna's car. It landed on the... F- it, well, it actually hit her. Her, her poor thing. Why are you laughing <laughs> at Because they, they were trying to get me. They, they got Jenna got hit with a stone. <laughs> they threw a stone. Anyway, don't you worry. Don't you worry. I've already been on to the police this morning. Have you? I've already established which firm has hired them the lorries. Yes. They're phoning me back this morning to tell me the, the details of these people. Wow. I'll find them. Don't you worry. And then what are you going to do with them when you oh, do find d- them? I can't go into detail on air. Karate chop to the windpipe? Don't. I'm not going. I'm not giving away my secret weapon on air. It's at times like this I wish I had a taser. <laughs> Make their eyeballs pop <laughs> out. <laughs> What you, what you didn't get, uh, dear listener, as Jonathan was recounting that story, he was acting it out. It was oh, Richard, I'm sick of these kinds of people. Who do they think they are? They throw their weight around, and it, and everybody, you know, they make everybody feel frightened. No, it's time to stand up. Exactly. Walter, Walter the softy is standing up to Dennis well, the Menace. We've just had a conversation upstairs. One of my colleagues said, oh, yeah, but you know what's going to happen? If you, if you cause some trouble, they're going to come back and they're going to do things to our cars in the car. We cannot allow Ooh. these people to just carry on behaving like this without yeah. people standing up to them. That's No, hang on a second. That is a, actually a really good point. Mine and producer Tara's and Kelly Betts' cars, well, we're here before Well, can I suggest yours. you park your car in another car park? Because I'm not no. allowing these kinds of people to just... Bully everyone else, throw their weight around, and there are never any repercussions. These people are going to be held to account. Of all the turf wars I could have got involved in in Luton, I didn't think you'd be involved in it. You'd be one of the sides. I thought they were going to kill me this morning, especially when the other one got out the lorry and came over to have a go, and I suddenly had a realisation I was holding a briefcase and wearing tweed. <laughs> I thought, oh, good Lord, I've got tweed on. <laughs> Well done you for saying something. <laughs> if my car gets keyed, I'll send you the bill. Oh, right. Ken's in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning, Ian. Ken, wind turbines. Yes. What you got? Convert them. Sorry? Two jobs. Yes. All right. Grind the wheat. Grind the wheat. That's right. Yeah. Two birds with one stone. Oh, I see. So, so ah, I see. So you make them multi-purposeful. Hey. They, they grind the wheat and they generate the heat. And on top of that, you'll have nice fresh bread. Oh. Hey, can you remember the old nice fresh bread we used to get? Oh, I'm, well, I'm not from the 1930s like you, Ken. So no, but I do like nice. I, I used to work in a baker's, well, yeah. the, the bakery department of Safeway, uh, and I, I do like a nice fresh loaf. Oh, you could die for it, wouldn't you? Well. Well, we used to go down to co-op as soon as they'd made them yeah. at night, you know, and we used to go in there and my mum used to send us down to get a shilling to get a, a tin loaf. Yep. After we'd be gone before we got home. Yeah, fresh bread, nothing... Fresh bread, get a nice knob of butter, maybe a bit of jam on there, beautiful. Oh, we couldn't have all jam. Oh. Yeah, so... Well. But talking about mobile phones... Oh, yes. Some bloke rang me up the other week... And he said, I've won a television set. Fantastic. Oh, I said, that's brilliant. He said, yeah. He said, have you got a phone? I said, no. 
He said, do you want one? I said, no. I said, just send the telly. Yeah. No, he said, you can't have the television without... I said, you just told me I want a television. Yeah. So he kept on about this blooming phone, so I said, no, thank mate. I said, I have enough with a missus, no more my mobile phone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. I see the bin men texting while he was collecting the bins. Yes. I thought, what? what's he going to do when he has to collect two next door to each other? Ken, I've literally got no idea what we're talking about now, so I'm going to say goodbye. Oh, all right, and then. Ta! So, you know Ian? He's that tall one. He used to be on telly. Probably will get sacked soon. Yeah, him. He likes to take the mickey out of people that work here. Not sure if you noticed. So, the next few minutes of this podcast are him laughing at his work colleagues. Moving away from football, England's cricketers played the third one-day international of the series. That's against Australia. They trail 1-0, having lost the second one-day at the weekend. And BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at eight. What happened there? And and just, oh, yeah. You got, um, you got a little bit sing-songy. And... and... <laughs> See? Lovely. Do you want me to explain about the football, by the way? No. Because I forget, no. you, you're about, your football's about as good as a mathematician that is in English, isn't it, really? Okay. Right, so let's see. So they're at the top. For, for, those, for those who don't know, this is the sentence I was forced to read 45 minutes ago. Sport. England have qualification for next year's World Cup in their own hands after last night's goal is yeah. draw with Ukraine. That means, can I tell you what that means? Literally nothing. Nothing. But, but in their own hands is an expression. No, it's not. Essentially, they're at the top, right? right? Yes. So no one will overtake them. I haven't so got the power to cut her off. That's essentially, the that the, the, it's theirs. Qualification is I'll theirs. I'll do this. But... Call oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. Earlier on, we played a little bit of this. It's JVS whistling. He's good. He's got a very strong whistle. Not as strong as mine. Yeah, I know, I know. We, we, we've all been impressed by it. We've all been passing a tape around, a little cassette of JVS whistling. Oh, it's good. It's very, very good. Anyway, we recorded uh, him whistling. We were so impressed by his whistling that, Justin, you came up with this idea, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, great this, idea. This the whistle test. Sony award-winning, only a Sony award-winning uh, idea if nothing else has entered that year in any category. Yeah, we are first for news, so don't forget. Well, no, we don't do that anymore. Oh, we don't? No. We're, oh, we're local and vocal, aren't that's we? That's us. Yes. Hi, pleased yes. to meet you. <laughs> uh, you uh, we uh, got JVS to record some more whistling. This is his whistle from earlier. <laughs> It's good. It's not bad. Not it's the not echo. <laughs> uh, so that's it. Now you have um, been okay. Yeah. Y- your whistling's pretty poor. You've been wasting uh, wasting licensed payers' money by going out and about on the streets of Luton to see if anybody could identify that whistle. What being creative? You mean? I was in the studio downstairs when JBS was whistling. Every single one of your phone lines lit up. People love this sort of stuff, they don't were, they? They were complaining. Were and, they? and one person was actually asking if this was the doctor's <laughs> surgery. That's a true story. Fantastic. So, uh, we've got the JBS whistle. Uh, in the last 20 minutes, this is uh, interaction. Very, very hot on the streets here. We've been out trying to, to find out if people can identify the whistle. And, Ian, this is what happened. Can you name the tune? No. You can't? No. It was a number one back in 1983. I don't like the 80s music. OK. It was taken off the album Innocent Man. No idea. It was written about Elle McPherson. Who's Elle McPherson? Desmond. Yeah. Desmond, name that tune. Uh, I don't know. Well, take a wild guess. Think 1980s. 
Oh, no, I, I can't remember. Come on, madam, take a wild guess. Downtown girl? No, it's not downtown girl. Keep going. Okay. Um, Think on the flip side. No. If it's not down, you're you're going. Up. Oh, uptown. Uptown girl. It was uptown girl. Well done. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Uptown girl. Uptown girl. Can you sing it for me? No. Oh, come on. (laughs) We've got a crowd here. Come on, have a little sing. Come on. Uh, Uptown girl. She's been living (laughs) in an uptown world. Do you know this person? Yeah. I picked her up last night. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I think you want to drop her off somewhere as well Thank you No problem Thank Here we have somebody from Germany Off to Luton Airport this morning Sir, what's your name? My name is Arno, hi Any ideas on what that tune could be? I have no clue Come on, it was big back in 1983 Come on I don't know, honestly I have no idea Uptown girl, Billy Joel Okay, really? Yeah Can I hear it again? Yeah, you can <laughs> <laughs> Here we go Yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, yeah. Fancy a little sing along? Yeah, no, I can't. Uptown girl. No, no, I'm not singing, you know. No. <laughs> I, I thought the whistling was, was pretty spot on. Colin is in Luton. Good morning, Colin. Morning. Colin, whistling. I'm not in Luton. Yes? I'm not in Luton. Oh, where, where are you? I'm in Dunstable. Can I say Luton just because it says Luton on my screen and it's easier for me? No, because it's factually wrong. Factually wrong, but if we acknowledge it's factually wrong and we just say Luton... You'd be okay with that, wouldn't you? Mm, not really. Okay, no. okay. Let's go to Colin in Luton. Good morning, Colin. Morning. Colin, whistling. Did you get what song JVS was whistling? I did immediately. Yes. He's got a good old pair of lips on him. He has, yes. Yes. Are you a fan of the whistle? Yes, I am. I'm always whistling, but go, go I'm on. terribly bad at it. Well, go on, let's have, go, no, give no, us a bit. No, Yay! No. Hey! I'm tone deaf. Come on, give us a whistle. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, the theme to Blue Peter. No, that was Uptown Girl. <laughs> what, the same song that, that Jonathan was whistling? Yeah. Blimey! Oh, you were right, you're awful. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. No, that's uh, it. no, hang on a minute, Colin. You're the. Ah, we spoke yesterday, didn't we? We did. We and did. We will speak. Tomorrow. I have, uh, for those who don't know, I've set Colin some homework. I'm going to, I'm going to start giving the listeners homework. I think, and Colin's homework is to d- tell, find some ways to make libraries sexier. We want to get younger people in libraries. We want the pink pound in the library, don't we, Colin? We do. So you're going to. Have you been thinking about it? Yes, and I talked to someone that works voluntarily part-time in the library as well. Oh, to get some ideas on how... Did you say, look, BBC Three Counties Radio have asked me how to make this library sexier. Have you got any ideas? Um, sort of, something like that. OK. Uh, well, we'll speak to you tomorrow morning. OK. Justin Dealey has been finding out whether we need to make the local library a more attractive and compelling face, uh, place to visit. I, can, I can't imagine you've ever been to a library, Justin. Very harsh. Um, I've been to a library uh, probably about the last time when was about a year ago, actually. Uh, OK. Um, w- what was going on there? Was a hot girl working there or something? No hot girls. That was half the problem. That's why I left quite early. It wasn't particularly good. You've been speaking to people about this, haven't you? I have indeed, yes. I went to uh, Hemel yesterday and um, the local library there. I stood outside the library and I've been asking people how they would make their local library sexy. Some fascinating answers. Here's what people had to say, Ian. Right, we've got three young lads here. What's your name? Stanley Hayden. George Bignite. Reese Bellis. And how old are you? I'm 16. I'm 16. I'm 16. All 16 years old. Right, when was the last time you used that library over there? Oh, God. About two years ago, I think. I don't think I have used it. <laughs> Probably about nine years. 
Okay, answer this question. How do we make libraries sexy? What's going to get you into that library? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> b- b- books are boring, aren't they? Right. Yeah. So you're saying scrap the library full stop? Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, what about you? How are we going to sex up libraries? Oh, I don't think you can, mate, if I'm pretty honest. I think... Uh, I don't know, get some pole dancers in there or something. Pole dancers, okay, and finally you? Well, I just literally think you should maybe give it a whole refurbishment and put more books in it. <laughs> um, longer opening time, because there's someone standing outside there now and it doesn't open until 2 o'clock, so he's going to wait for a long time, isn't he? So longer opening times, that would be the first thing? Yes, yes. You, you can make it more intellectual, by all means, but look, you cannot make a library sexy, unless... You want to go down the route of sexy. And unfortunately, a library doesn't come under that thing. Yeah, I see your point. You can't, you can't, you can't even make a noise in there, can you? No, exactly. So how can you make it sexy? Here's Peter from Poland in Hemel. It's got a ring to it. Peter from Poland. Peter, very simply, make a library sexy for me. How are we going to sex them up? Uh, uh, sexy? Uh, well, library for me is very useful. That's it. That's not sexy, though. Well, no, maybe not, but uh, I don't come it for a sex. Just only coming for uh, books or yeah. um, internet or something. So how do we get more people in there? How are we going to make it appealing to them? You know, like, you know, like when you see a beautiful lady, it appeals to you? How are we going to make libraries sexy so people want to open that door and experience? It is a very strange question, to be honest. Um, it's a relevant question. Somebody said to me, what about having better-looking librarians? Would that work? This library, this library is very useful, seriously. A lot of people using this one, this place. I mean, to be serious for a second, if you were to lose that library, you'd be very upset, would you? Oh, yes, because they have a lot of books. It, um, the internet is available, so, you know, for me it is a very useful place. So it's sexy enough as it already is? Uh, yes, I think so. I'm not interested about the ladies inside. Okay, well, there's some uh, differences of opinion there. Thank you for that, Justin, up to your usual high standard. We can speak now to Colin in Dunstable, who's a listener to the show, and uh, we were speaking about libraries earlier in the week, weren't we, Colin? We certainly were, sir. You are a big fan of libraries. How often do you use your local one? Um, it, it, It depends. Sometimes I go in there once a week, sometimes... Once a month, or every couple of months. They're an important resource, aren't they, to have? They certainly are, yes. Why, why, why do you think they're so important? Because of the amount of information that is there on all different subjects. Books is knowledge, knowledge is power. That's... Yeah, but it's also community information and things like that. Well, Colin, I set you some homework uh, a couple of days ago, and you have very bravely <laughs> taken up the uh, the challenge, and you've come back on the air. I asked you, how do we make libraries sexy? I don't think you can. Oh. Um, you had 48 hours research, and that's what you've come back with? No. Um, I mean, at Dunstable, there are all sorts of clubs for all sorts of ages. Um, there's help with um, the internet has helped with um, job searching, uh, all sorts of things, all sorts of little events go on for all sorts of ages. We've got um, lots of reading help um, for families. Um, there's a myriad of uh, of. Of things going Do you on. think that's part of the problem, Colin? Is that people don't know just what's of? <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. You're, are you okay? Yep. Yeah. You think that people don't know what's available to them in libraries? 
They think yeah. it's just full of old men coughing. Yeah. And, I mean, no, um, <laughs> not old men coughing at all. Um, it, it really is. I mean, while I was in there um, yesterday, about four or five o'clock, um, um, a couple of middle school children came in asking about facilities. Oh. Um, but there's a teenage section with a, a dedicated teenage area um, where they've been doing a lot of um, there's been a lot of help on 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 um, some yep. uh, entertainment. Colin, we had to, speaking of teenagers and entertainment, we had a couple of young lads there. One of them suggested um, get pole dancers in. Now, at first, it sounds like a flippant throwaway comment. But, but maybe libraries at lunchtime could, uh, or they could open a little bit later and have kind of adult-themed entertainment. Um, I don't think that would be too good. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to see, um, you know, a, a, a pole dancer writhing around the Jackie Collins. Well, I, I'm not through the biographies. I wouldn't, but um, I don't think it's going to happen somehow. Colin, listen, you've been a cracking sport. I really appreciate you uh, putting some thought into this and coming back on the air. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the podcast. And I'm going to end it in true Ian Lee fashion. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the podcast. No, wait, he's not Northern. How does he talk again? Let me remind myself. Brian in High Wycombe has called in about cats. So, I'm Ian Lee. <laughs> I, uh, I sometimes get a bit breathy when I'm talking. Uh, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, listen to me during the week. I'm on from six until nine or whatever. Um, that's it. The end. Thanks. Leave a comment on iTunes. Oh, I keep going northern. I can't help it. Anyway, thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks on FM, AM, digital radio and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 